You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. We live in an exciting time. No matter where your thoughts are on what's happening in this country today, you cannot deny that it is an exciting time in America. Opportunities exist like never before. It is literally possible to build a six or seven figure income from your own home. You don't have to be a millionaire, take great vacations, own nice cars or live in nice homes. You just have to work for it. So Why are so many people so unhappy and so angry? Why has something like politics been able to divide this country the way it has? And why have we as a society seem to have lost our ability to respectfully disagree and work together to find palatable compromises instead of severing friendships and stewing in self-righteousness? If you take a minute Think back on your day today, and maybe even your day yesterday. How many things annoyed you? How many times did you lose your temper, even if you did so quietly, just kind of raged inside your head? Did you curse like a lunatic at the person who cut you off while you were driving? Did you rage inside when the cashier at your coffee shop gave you the wrong order? Did you snap at a coworker or your child or spouse? Do you have trouble sleeping or focusing? Do you hop on social media and scroll through and see your friends and contacts posting about sunshine and beautiful days, fancy trips or dates or promotions, and realize it freaking annoys you? The rate of exposure we have to every moment, thought, event, and even meal in the lives of our friends and family and people we barely know or don't know at all is astronomical. Back in the day, we may have lived with blinders on. We may never have realized the untapped opportunities in the world. And that sucks. I'm going to admit that. But ignorance is also bliss. And since we had no idea that another life was available, we just moved along in the lives we had. Maybe we were stressed and tired and missing out. But at least there was a, like, we're all in the same boat mentality. And there was comfort in numbers. Then, boom, suddenly we saw what some of us had suspected, that there is life beyond middle class. There are paths to take that will lead us to those other worlds. We are exposed to so many lives of so many people, at least the parts they want us to see, that we can see, touch, taste, hear, and smell that other life. You know, that life where we have all those things and do all those things we never could before. So, Our expectations rise, and we believe if they have all that and do all that, so should I. And we feel like we're being gypped. Our expectations have risen, but our realities have not. So we resent that, and the resentment builds, and we need to focus it somewhere. So who or what do we focus it on? We focus it on those who seem to have what we want, and those we blame for being why we don't have what we want, on the events and situations in our lives that we see as preventing us from having what we want. All of this leads to frustration, anger, depression, and overall unhappiness. Some of us just steep in it, and it pours out of our pores. Some of us tamp it down so we can function. You know who you are. It kind of smolders inside and slowly rots you at your core. It wasn't until I'd been through several versions of life 
I lost my husband. I watched the guy who killed him get acquitted. I got into some terrible relationships. I went to rock bottom and then way below rock bottom, more times than I can count, gave up on everything. I can't believe people didn't give up on me entirely. And it wasn't until I got myself back up and started realizing it was the decisions I was making that was impacting my life and responsible for where I was that I had to look at deeper and harder. And that long, close look, that self-examination and the experience I've had over the past couple of years interviewing all the people we've interviewed here on American Snippets, the lessons they've taught me, invaluable. That all allowed me to take a step back and break this down into five choices we make that impact how we live our lives every day and impact how we're gonna live every day forward if we still make these decisions. They, I call them the zones of life that we live in. The first zone, the first decision, is when we lower our expectations to meet reality. The next is when we maintain those elevated expectations that we've seen out there in the world, but we do nothing to raise our reality to meet them. Third zone, we can continue focusing on raising our expectations even higher while doing nothing to change our reality or, and these are the sweet spots that you want to be in, we can maintain those expectations while making conscious and concerted efforts to raise our reality to match. Next and last, this is the top, top, top achievers in life, the happy people you see all the time. <laughs> we raise those expectations even higher while constantly raising our efforts and challenging ourselves to enhance our own reality to match. What does that all mean? Think about it with me. How easy is it to hit that wall of frustration and fear and feelings of being overwhelmed and just shut it right down? The fight or flight instinct is triggered and flight overrides fight. It's scary to take a look at our own accountability and admit we do have the ability to change things, but only if we voluntarily put ourselves through extreme discomfort, stress, and risk. Our brain is like, oh, hell no, do not go out there. It is much safer in here. And we run from that accountability. We pretend those other possibilities really do not exist for us. We lower our expectations and we settle in that zone one. We do this all the time. I've done it a ton of times in our relationships, in our careers, in our own health and fitness. When faced with the choice of two levels of stress, we choose the one that does not involve uncertainty and potential for prolonged periods of struggle. We choose the familiar discomfort. For me, as odd as it is, grief became my new normal. It was painful and it was uncomfortable, but it was oddly familiar. It was my familiar discomfort. When my husband died, I simply accepted my life would never be full or happy again. And I made decisions based on that massively lowered expectation I had for my own life. So for sure, to an extent, that mindset can really be helpful in the immediate aftermath of trauma or tragedy. You've got to accept that this expectation you had of someone or something being present in your life is over. It's gone. They've been removed from your life forever. And the sooner you actually accept that, the sooner you can begin to heal. But that then requires another huge mindset shift, which is a whole other topic to dive into. And we do dive into it among many other things in the online and live masterminds that we're launching here pretty soon. I'm pretty excited about that. Raised expectations, but that's down the road. Back at that point in my life, I gave up on my expectations and then I let that lowered expectation become my long-term outlook rather than a temporary retreat. 
Then I wound up in a long-term relationship that left me in one of the lowest periods of my life. This guy seemed at first like he was perfect for me, perfect for my boys, but that's because I ignored those warning bells in my head for all those things about him and his story that didn't quite seem right because he spun explanations and I swallowed them up. And by the time I realized it was all lies, he was so enmeshed in our lives. I felt like I owed it to my boys not to disappoint them again. And since I'd lowered my expectations and believed no one would ever love me like Lou had anyway, and this was the best I could ever hope for given the totality of my life, that decision made sense to me at the time. I lowered those expectations for my happiness, for his behavior, and I shouldered the weight of his problems until I was reduced to a shell of the person I'd been before I met him. And trust me, that shell wasn't big when I met him at all. Because I'd made the decision to lower my expectations to his level of reality, I lowered the reality from my life to his, and then I took my kids down with us. I hear the same story playing out in people's lives over and over, mostly with relationships, but also in other areas of their lives. They do it with their jobs, with their health and their fitness. It is a very, very difficult mindset to let go of. This next choice here in zone two is also pretty common because it's fun to dream. It's fun to believe we deserve more out of life, but it's hard to accept that we aren't entitled to all those things we want. We dream about losing weight and then we blame our overeating on our spouse for bringing sweets home. We expect to make more money, but we blame our boss for not paying us more instead of actively increasing our own value in the workforce or starting that side hustle. We continue to window shop through life, but we do nothing to earn the means to achieve that stuff. And our frustration grows. Our resentment grows. And because it's easier to blame things beyond our control for our anger and unfair position in life than it is to peel back the excuses and push ourselves to change, our reality stays below our expectations and we slowly simmer inside. On the outside, we probably put on a brave face and a smile. We may even be the person who's constantly there to help other people. Or maybe we're maxing out credit cards to pay for fancy vacations, new cars and clothes. But beneath that, I got this exterior and our fancy little Instagram accounts is a heap of stress from unpaid bills, climbing debt, and this feeling of failure or depression about a life that didn't turn out the way we wanted to. Often, the next step in that progression is to go deeper and deeper. This next decision point is zone three in life. I spend a lot of time in these three zones here. We get to a turning point where we can choose to either begin acknowledging our own accountability and reversing the hemorrhage of time, resources, and emotions in that path that takes us nowhere, or we can revert back to the flight instinct and double down on our denial we can actually continue raising expectations while doing nothing to raise our accountability. We can continue dreaming about life that we want and what you'd like this person to be and that person to be, what we'd like to look like, what we'd like to have in our checking account, but do nothing to make that our reality. We can blame our spouse for not making enough money, our ex for not paying his dues, our boss, our health, our past, our bad luck, anything but ourselves. By now, we've barely managed to contain our bitterness. It pops out like steam from cracks in the earth. 
a snide comment here, a dagger remark there. We dominate conversations talking about our problems and why people like us never had a chance, how the system is stacked against us, how unlucky we are, how nothing works no matter how much we've tried, how we can't catch a break, and on and on and on. People who make this decision to live their life that way, to elevate their expectations and still do nothing to raise their reality, live in this zone of constant anger and malcontent. They gossip about others and pronounce judgment on people in their lives. The people in this part of the cycle are our keyboard warriors. They've probably dabbled with that craft in the past as momentary releases, but now, now they are all in. These are the rant leaders and the name callers. These are the self-righteous innocents who proclaim the merit of their own ways while denouncing the decisions and opinions of others. They have become overwhelmed with their own unhappiness and their own feeling that life has passed them by. Their expectations have crashed down to meet the reality, and just like a sugar rush, they crash with it. But it's decision time. They have that decision to make. They can stay there, let it all fester, or they can stop the cycle, climb out of the hole they've dug, and move forward. When people raise their reality to meet their expectations, magic creeps out. If they're in that last zone there, that zone three, and they decide they don't want to be like that anymore, they want to change, they're sick of feeling like they are, they catch themselves in that cycle. That's exactly where I was right before we started American Snippet. I didn't realize why I was so angry, just so freaking pissed all the time. I was arguing with people I didn't even know online about stuff I didn't really even care about or have any hope of being part of changing because that just isn't my path in life. I was just getting pulled in, sucked in, and I didn't want to see the changes I needed to make. Actually, that was a little earlier. That was right before I, I got that new job and started that new path. But it was all part of it, all part of the cycle. These zones, these cycles, these decisions, they overlap. So I know exactly what it's like to be stuck in those terrible, unhealthy areas of life. And I'm so happy I finally found the way to move up and move into this next zone. We're moving now into the next zone. And these zones here, zone four and five, these are the sweet spots. These are where you want to be. These are the ones I was so happy to break into. And I'm telling you, it was like game on when I left zones one, two, and three behind, found zone four. When people raise the reality to meet their expectations, that's when the magic starts to creep out. These are the people who take accountability for their own potential and their own reality. These are the people who step back and take the time and energy to conduct an honest and full and often excruciating self-examination. They accept the likelihood that their challenges are not actually the fault of others, and they focus instead on how to meet those challenges rather than focusing on who to blame for them. They want to lose weight? They take steps to do so. They want to make more money? They explore avenues to do that too. They begin attacking their problems and, believe it or not, moving towards their goals. Now, they may still be tired and their path may still be long, but they're happy. 
They feel the rush that comes with achievement. They become hooked on hope. They don't care that they're tired. You know the difference between the good tired and the bad tired? They're like the good tired after you spent the day at the beach or climbing mountains or hanging out with friends and doing stuff that you enjoy and you just fall into bed achy, tired, sore, maybe sweaty, dirty, banged up, but you're so happy you had such a great day. It was so much fun, so exciting, so exhilarating, and you cannot wait to do it again and you cannot believe you ever settled for not doing that in the past. That's the kind of tired they are. They don't have time to waste fighting with strangers online. They don't have energy to spare for things that do not contribute to positive change in their lives. They have this new bounce in their step and this renewed warmth in their smile that's actually real again because they feel like they have control of their own lives. The fight instinct has overridden the flight and they have met those attackers of happiness and crushed them. They've risen to meet their elevated expectations and they're at peace with where they are. They're content with their decision to plant roots right there and live every day fully. These are the people who are comfortable admitting, look, hey, I'm happy with where I am. I'm happy with my family. I'm happy with my friends. I'm happy with my day-to-day life. I enjoy myself. I don't need to go any further. It's like, I like to hike, right? I know that I could run if I needed to. I know that I could train and run a marathon because I'm blessed with the help and the fitness level to build on to get there. But I freaking hate running. I just don't like it. I'm not interested in it. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to stay and hike. But you know what? I see people training for the marathons. I see them going way beyond that. And I'm like, yeah, rock on, man. That's freaking awesome that you do that. When you get tired and need to rest, I'm going to be right back here hiking up this trail or this mountain, like come hang out with me, right? I, I rest back in back in the zone four where I'm comfortable with my level of achievement there and accomplishment. I don't feel the need or desire to burn there. I totally enjoy where I am. And that's a great, great place to be. But when you want to mix it up a little, when you feel that little burn and you're like, all right, I'm getting a little too comfortable here. I need to step it up a bit. I want to do something else. Or you just love the rush so much. This is where people live in zone five. They are the people who are the top achievers. These are the people who live in that place where they've raised the reality to meet those elevated expectations. They got there, they did it, they loved it, but they're not going to sit back and be like, yeah, job well done. I'm cool. They're going to do it again. They've hit that summit. They've absorbed the view. They've celebrated the climb, but they see another mountain over there and they're like, yeah, man, I got to go check that out. Like, I got to go again. And they're off again. They love the fight. They love the challenge. They love pushing themselves to do more and be more for themselves and others. They write another book. They give love another shot. They start a nonprofit. They expand their business. They take their experience and they help others with it. Whatever it is, they're going for it. They just have that high energy. You see people around them. We follow them. They're the David Goggins, the Jesse Itzlers in life, right? They just push themselves further and further in life and they just keep going like past the point that most people would stop. They're just going to go because for them, that's where the rush is. That's where life is. It is not an easy path. They're exposing themselves to rejection, 
failure, setbacks, pain, and so on. But they don't care. They'd rather live a life that they know they got and gave the most from and to than ignore that potential. They want to just squeeze every single drop out of every single moment in life. And that's awesome. There's definitely, definitely overlap among all of those zones and all of those choices. They bleed into each other. And it was fascinating for me, truly, truly fascinating when I was able to get that perspective to like kind of step back from my own life and remove the emotion from where I was and decisions I had made and just analyze it. The people I met and talked to and studied and learned from, the people we've interviewed at American Snippets all have their lessons that they've taught me through their own stories, their own incredible examples of doing just that. They all, a lot of them have walked through all of that zone too. Most of them They just live up there in zone five and they like the tippy, tippy top go places. I can't imagine going. I don't know if I'll push myself to go that far, but I'm happy where I am. I'm happy on my climb. I'm still climbing. I haven't hit that top yet of where I want to be. And I think I'm going to go tackle another mountain next. But those people, the top, top, top achievers, fascinating. And they're the ones that gave me the perspective to kind of pull back, draw back, and learn from my own lessons and put these five zones together, these, you know, examine and identify these five decisions people make to live their life and understand my own behavior, my own decisions I made in life, the decisions I'll still make in life every day. But it also helps me understand the people around me, the decisions they make, the mindset they have, why they say the things they do, why they do the things they do. And I don't take it personally anymore as a tax on me, if they like come at me and say something like, I'll never make it, or you're crazy, or why are you doing that? Or something snotty about what I'm trying, or kind of like say, oh, you'll never make it. You know, I used to take that personally, but now when I break that down and I'm like, oh, I know why they're saying that, because this is the zone that they're living in. And it just helps me like realize that it's not about me. It's about them and their perspective and their decisions they're making. And it allows me to just kind of free myself from all that stress that I let be put on me. Just from hearing those comments, we all have the ability to live in that fourth and fifth zone, those sweet spots, but we all have the massive potential to reside in any of those first three. I lived there a long, long time in those first three zones. It is not a good place to be. If you're there now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I bet there's some part of you that wants to get out too. It's hard. It is hard, right? It's hard being out there. Sometimes I go back and I rest in that zone four because I need to take a break and I need to surround myself with people who are happy with where they are in life and kind of inject that happiness and that positivity back into me. And then I punch forward again and go. And they're like, hey, Barb, that's awesome. Thanks for stopping by. Rock on. I can't wait to see what comes next. I love it. I love it. I will never, ever, ever let myself go back to those first three zones again. Never, ever, ever. I'm making that promise, that commitment right there. Come what may, it is not a good place to live. I don't ever want to be there again. I'm going to continue the work I'm doing with Dave and American Snippets to help anyone who is ready to get out of those first three zones into those fourth and fifth zones 
into those sweet spots and live every single life to your fullest. That's why we're launching our online mastermind and our live event masterminds, the Great American Mastermind Experiences, going to be awesome and exciting. But what we're really doing, this is zone five stuff here that we're doing, is we are preparing our Great American Summit to uh, happen in DC next year in April 2020. It is going to be fan-freaking-tastic. It is so cool. I'm not able to tell you what the details of that are yet, but trust me, this is going to be a super fun, lively, inspirational event you are not going to want to miss. If you want to know more about any of those things, or you want to know about some of the people who pushed me and inspired me along the way with their life lessons and their story, it's super, super easy to do so. You just got to subscribe to American Snippets, and we're going to send you all of that information. We'll send you the stories in your inbox every week. And when we have events and announcements to share with you, you're going to get those too. You're going to be first in line when you, uh, when you subscribe to American Snippets. Thanks so, so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. I'd love your feedback on this, you know, learning and growing. This is something that I don't normally do, just a solo podcast like, like that. It's easier for me to get on a stage in front of 3,000 people than to stand in front of, you know, my equipment here and talk the way I did. So feedback is welcome. Bring it, man. I'm not asking you uh, if this pair of pants makes me look fat and then I'm going to turn around and get pissed when you say yes. Just give it to me. But if you loved it, please make sure to leave a review. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.